Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. Tempted to think there's no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lomesdown at your service and... Tani Tanuvial, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. For What Would Arwen Do? on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM and streaming live on KUCI.org. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. To all our elf friends, I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? You are listening to KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. This is What Would Arwen Do? We are on now every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. And Michael Vannin and Sui Lide, greetings. And to my ever-charming Hobbit co-host, Milo Lomsdown, at your service. And greetings to the Hobbit wife, the Hobbit nieces and nephews that may be listening on podcast in the gym tomorrow. <laughs> Yes, and uh, to all of our friends who are listening both on the airwaves and through the Internet, KUCI is one of the only college radio stations that broadcasts 24-7 at 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on the Internet. And you can listen through our website and also through iTunes. Um, special hello we want to say to our friends on radio broadcast. On ra- What is it called again? Well, let's not forget <laughs> about Radio Flag. KUCI has done many things of note in its long 40-plus year history. Mm-hmm. It was one of the very first campus radio stations pod- broadcasting 24 by 7. And it also was instrumental in the launch, the actual launch day of RadioFlag.com occurred here on the UCI campus. And KUCI, the voice of the University of California at Irvine, was instrumental. So hello to Shireen, 
who may be listening out there, thanks to RadioFlag.com. Yes, and to any of our other friends, new friends that we possibly haven't even met yet at Radio Flag. And there is a link to Radio Flag on the KUCI website. In fact, there are so many wonderful things for our listeners on the KUCI website. Information about upcoming bands and interviews and ticket giveaways. The complete schedule, if you click on schedule. The absolute complete schedule. There will be a notice up there soon about the upcoming DJ training. So please check out our website at KUCI.org and our public affairs website at KUCITalk.org where you can find the podcast for What Would Arwen Do as well as many other great public affairs programs on this station. And you can also find us on iTunes. Just simply search for Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, in the iTunes store and you'll find What Would Arwen Do there free as always. So, if you are tuning in for the very first time, oh, I mustn't be remiss in saying a special hello to my friends on Torque, the One Ring dot com. Jennifer, just a couple of days, I think she's over. She's over in Europe somewhere, maybe Paris or something like that, or Portugal. Um, but she posted on the website and said, "When is your show on?" So, and then Ro posted to tell her when it was. Ro's out having all kinds of archery adventures this summer, so we'll be hearing from her very soon. Um, well, probably in the fall about what's going on with her archery adventures. The, but the Shield Maiden um, will be will be gracing us with her presence. How exciting. Yes, it is. I'm, there's so many exciting things. It's like, it's, sometimes it's hard to stay focused. But focus, we will, because we are If enough. you're tuning in for the first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Southern California, in Irvine to be more precise, what might her life look like? How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth? It's beauty, resources, and creatures. Milo, you may not know this, but when I first um, was introduced to doing the show here, um, I thought, well, if an elf was ever going to do a radio show, where would she do a radio show? And the obvious answer is... KUCI, the voice of the University of California at Irvine, where one of the major housing complexes is called Middle Earth. (laughs) So some people like to ask... Uh, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question. But on this program, when challenges in life arise, or as the wizard Gandalf puts it, questions, questions that need answering, we like to ask, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering. In J.R.R. Tolkien's Mythology of Middle-Earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing lore and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. I believe Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige, that with great privilege comes responsibility. She embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, through her courage, her wisdom, beauty, her sense of humor, and her service to others. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves 
like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts, in their highest form work then, in the image of God and his created world. So, I believe that this elven quality exists today in every living creature, my dear hobbit friend. What do you think? I absolutely uh, agree. It even exists in sort of practical-minded, sort of <laughs> down in the, the, you know, grubbing around in the earth of the garden hobbits like me. Yes. So we just want to say a welcome to all of our friends, Elendili, Elensala Lumen Lamentielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. And my dear hobbit, we have about... T- 10 or 8 minutes to cover a lot of material before we will be welcoming our guest for today, Max McLean of the Screw Tape Letters. So please stay tuned so you can hear more about that. But let us uh, jump right in. We have a little bit of an adventure report from going last week was the night we got to see Return of the King. And you have, I see there, a black bag. Which we saw Return of the King Extended Edition in... The theater, and it had all that wonderful mouth of Sauron. Four hours and 11 minutes. It seemed to me like Uh, it passed in two hours. Really? Really, I know. It was a tremendous feat of editing and storytelling to make a four hour and 11 minute film seem like it passed in just two hours. It was amazing. No, no wonder that the film won. All 11 Academy Awards. Nominated for 11, won 11. What is that you have in your hand there? Well, the whole reason for these one-time-only screenings that concluded last Tuesday night is because there's a release of The Lord of the Rings Extended Edition, which you already have on DVD, but I now have on Blu-ray. Enhanced with new sound. And I got (gasps) from Best Buy this set. And the elf now has in her hands... Oh, look at the little characters. This is the bestbuy.com exclusive edition with the characters. Would you please break the shrink wrap, Elf Princess? Oh, wow. Look at this. You have the fingernails. I don't. Yes, and this is so wonderful. She is now breaking the shrink wrap. This box has six figurines included in the packaging. They look like the chess pieces almost. (gasps) They do look like chess pieces. Yes. Well, you know, I have quite a few of the... um, May I open the package? I expect you to open it, yes. She's trying to figure out how to open the box without destroying it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I have lots of action figures. I mean, I just love them. I mean, look at the, the, the figurines are in this separate little compartment. Separate little compartment, separate from the Blu-ray edition. It's really heavy. They must be made of pewter or They're something. pewter. They're pewter figurines. Look at that. Now, the other That's side of the box look. has 15 discs. Nine are wow. DVD with bonuses. There's For each film, there's two Blu-ray discs and three DVD bonus material discs for a total of five per film or a total of 15 discs in that box. Plus, in this Best Buy Offering only from Best Buy, you get the six pewter figurines. Yes. Wow. And look at who the figurines are. Now, this, I know that I uh, recognize, you know, there's Gandalf and Frodo. Um, but uh, who's this on the horse? Is that one of the um, ring wraiths? I, I thought it was, but I, I was hoping yeah. you would be able to oh, tell me. Yes. Well, I mean, it's kind. Of, I can't. I don't have my she little hands on there. She can figure out how to uh, so open the complex hand. box. It's very well packaged by <laughs> the Best Buy people. Well and it's got a nice oh, protective so. cover on it. So yeah, here so comes beautiful. the pewter elements okay, coming and this, out. 
Yeah, this looks like it might be. If they be can a, be removed without killing yourself. <laughs> oh, yes. This is one This is one of the Black Riders. Oh, hand that over to me. Let me <gasps> take oh, a look. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, and it's of course very Gollum. heavy. It has a gold-colored base yes. with a blue enamel above it. And there is... I believe this might be Finn One of the Elrond. Nazgul riding the black horse as we see them in Fellowship of the you Ring. Know, they're just with so With felt pads on the bottom. They're so carefully put in there. I'm, and they have all this wonderful little intricate work on them. I'm a little... Oh, my gosh. I don't want to pull any more out right now. But it looks like this... I think this might well be Elrond. No, no, no. It's Aragorn. Oh, sorry. That's the crown. That's the crown. That's the, the crown of Gondor. And this... Um, it, it, it's so flowing. and Oh, no, that's Saruman. That's his staff. I recognize his staff. Saruman. Oh, oh wow. Oh, my gosh. So, anyhow, anyhow, that was our adventure report. We are going to have a show <laughs> upcoming where we will have Eowyn. We met Eowyn and two of her accomplices. We did. Two of her companions at the screening last Tuesday night, and she was wearing gorgeous costumes. In Indeed. fact, she was a competitor at... Uh, Eight days ago, there was Midnight Madness for the release of Lord of the Rings on Blu-ray, and she got second place for the costuming, and, and I can see fine. why. And some the a woman uh, dressed as a Belrog won first place, a female Belrog, in the trip to New Zealand. Unfortunately, Jennifer just won the uh, she did, but she got a gold. I think believe she got a gold copy of the One Ring. She got an actual like yes. eighteen karat gold One Ring. Okay, so we are. But today's show is about the screw tape letters. Can you yes. believe it? UCI is so blessed that the great actor, the great biblical interpreter, really, that's what, when I think of Max McLean, mm-hmm. I think of his biblical interpretations. Mm-hmm. And you can find all about the fellowship and so forth at listenersbible.com. You'll go to listenersbible.com. That is the website for the fellowship that he has founded, which oh. was grew out of his reading the NIV version of the New Testament. But he is coming to the campus of UCI to present yes. his interpretation and Jeffrey Fisk's interpretation of the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. And we'll hear a little bit more about those details in just a bit before Max calls, because he's calling all the way from the East Coast. I was hoping we could read just a little bit about the friendship of J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. Of course, they were part of the Inklings group, and uh, C.S. J.R. Tolkien was very instrumental in C.S. Lewis even coming to the Christian faith. So, would you Absolutely. please read a little bit yes. for us from what are you reading from there, dear? This Hobbit? is the C.S. Lewis Encyclopedia, which the Elf tells me was her first book when she fell in love with the Lord of the Rings and became an Elf. The C.S. Lewis Encyclopedia: A Complete Guide to His Life, Thought, and Writings by Colin Durias, who is mentioned in our intro every week. Mm-hmm. And in the entry for the screw tape letters, we have this. The most direct of several books about devilry that C.S. Lewis wrote, and of all his books, the one he found most unpleasant to compose. It gave him, he says, a sort of spiritual cramp because of the inverse perspective of hell that it employs. The book is a comic, satirical look at perhaps the most serious subject possible, damnation. The letters first appeared in a religious journal called The Guardian. One reader, a country clergyman, wrote in to cancel his subscription on the grounds that much of the advice given in these letters seemed to him not only erroneous, but positively diabolical, which of course was Lewis's intention. Continuing in the C.S. Lewis Encyclopedia, the Screwtape Letters is one of C.S. Lewis's most popular books. The author's view of a personal devil comes over clearly, despite the satirical genre that he employs. 
Though considered by Lewis not to be among the best of his books, it stands in a long line of books concerned with angels, demons, heaven, and hell, such as Dante's Divine Comedy, Milton's Paradise Lost, and John McGowan's Dialogues of Devils. The novels of C.S. Lewis pupil Harry Blamier's, including Highway to Heaven, continue the same tradition. Mm. My gosh. And I'm going to read just a little bit, not as much as I intended, but a little bit from J.R.R. Tolkien, a biography about, this is from the chapter on Jack, it's called Jack, about the relationship between J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. Um, and it's talking about when, the, when they had first met, which was on 11 May 1926. Jack was the nickname for C.S. Lewis. Was, yes. Clive... Staples, Clive Staples Lewis. But his nickname was Jack. Yes. says, um, and this just says, anyone who wants to know something of what Tolkien and Lewis contributed to each other's lives should read Lewis's essay on friendship in his book, The Four Loves. Here it all is, the account of how two companions become friends when they discover a shared insight, how their friendship is not jealous but seeks out the company of others, how such friendships are almost always of necessity between men, how the greatest pleasure of all is for a group of friends to come to come to an inn after a hard day's walking. He says, Those are the golden sessions, writes Lewis, when our slippers are on, our feet spread out towards the blaze, and our drinks at our elbows. When the whole world, and something beyond the world, opens itself to our minds as we talk. And no one has any claim or responsibility for another, but all are freemen and equals, as if we had first met an hour ago, while at the same time an affection mellowed by the years enfolds us. Life, natural life, has no better gift to give. Isn't that, oh, that's isn't that, so sweet. Isn't that lovely? And it's amazing how a Catholic like J.R.R. Tolkien had such an influence on C.S. Lewis becoming a Christian. Yes. And then C.S. Lewis, for a variety of very complex reasons, uh stayed with basically his parents' church, the Anglican Church, which yes. is Protestant, basically. <laughs> yes. And so our guest today, Max McLean, bringing a stage production here at the Barclay Theater of the Screwtape Letters. There was a lovely spread article in the St. Anthony's Messenger, and um, which if anybody has their, a chance to get a hold of one of these, it's just a... a, a Wonderful article on Max Tremendous McLean, article. the background of the stage production and of the uh, just the way all of this came about. A very just charming. But I was wondering if you could read a little excerpt yes, I from will. that from Saint Anthony Messenger, an organ of the Catholic Church. The July two thousand eleven issue. We have a complete article here, a very complex and complete and thorough article on the Screw Tape Letters coming to life. And in here is the inspiration. It says, inspired by Hitler's deceptions. The Screwtape Letters, begun in 1940, owes much to the 20th century's greatest villain. After listening to a radio speech by Adolf Hitler, Lewis, an Anglican professor of literature at Oxford University, wrote to his brother, quote, I don't know if I am weaker than other people, but it is a positive revelation to me that while the speech lasts, it is impossible not to waver just a little. End quote. Reflecting on this insight, Lewis revealed that he was stuck by an idea for a book which I think would be both useful and entertaining. It would consist of letters from an elderly retired devil to a young devil who has just started work on his first patient. The idea would be to give all the psychological aspects of temptation from the other point of view, that is the <laughs> diabolical point of view. Yes. And it's a wonderful work. I've read it several times since becoming a Christian myself 
40 years ago. And it's just, it's a delight to read, and yet it's horrifying <laughs> to think that there yes. are, you know, it powers was, against us. It was actually one of the first books that I read uh, after I beca- became a Christian. Um, and it, it was it was rather terrifying. And it was a, a little unsettling for me to get used, accustomed to reading something from the perspective of the bad guys that are referring to God as the enemy, you know. Uh, so it, it, it takes a little bit of a psychological adjustment to to kind of get your mind around uh, about about referring to God as the enemy. <laughs> and Lewis said it's one of the most difficult things he had to write. Yes. It was all dust, grit, thirst, and itch. And it was dedicated of all his thirty like thirty thirty books, plus books yes. that he wrote. Uh, it was it was the book that he dedicated to his friend J R R Tolkien. Right. So we are very excited. In just a few moments, our guest will be. Max McLean of the Screw Tape Letters, which is going to be on stage here, July twenty first through twenty fourth, in two thousand eleven, at the Barclay Theater here at UC Irvine. If you'd like more information, you can visit the website www.screwtapeonstage.com. And so, Milo, my dear Hobbit, I think we'll have a little bit Let's of music, music from Return of the King while we get ready for Max to talk with us. While we're, while we're waiting us. for Max to call in, so this is—I thought it fitting for us to play um, the uh, passage from Return of the King, which is uh, on the regular version. It's called the Return of the King, featuring Sir James Galway, Viggo Mortensen, and Renee Fleming. And of course, you know, this scene there never fails to move my heart. Where Frodo, especially where Sam picks up Frodo and carries him, up he says, "I can't carry Doom. it for you, but I can carry you." And he picks him up, up and, and starts trudging. I think a I, tremendous I, moment in filmmaking history. It's beautiful. just so perfectly realized. Yes. So here is the Academy Award-winning music from The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King by Howard Shore. This is The Return of the King. You are listening to KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. Gosh, what tremendous music for that film! Yes, it it gives me uh, those little um, goosey bumps. <laughs> but you know what else is giving me goosebumps is we have the Max McLean on the phone. Yes, we do, and he will be joining us in just a moment. Uh, welcome back. If you are just tuning in, this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming live at KUCI.org. You can contact us at Ask an Elf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, AskAnElf at Yahoo.com. And our guest today is Max McLean, the star and co-creator of The Screwtape Letters, an acclaimed theatrical production based on the classic novel 
by the Chronicles of Narnia author C.S. Lewis. This book was dedicated to his dear friend J.R.R. Tolkien. The production, which has truly become a national sensation, is presented by the Fellowship of the Performing Arts, whose mission is to produce theater from a Christian worldview that engages a diverse audience. Max McLean is the New York City-based organization's president, The Fellowship represents many productions, and the success of this play in both secular and non-secular circles seems to indicate that theatergoers from a variety of spiritual backgrounds have embraced this thought-provoking, meaningful piece of theater. Max McLean, who plays Screwtape, originated this role in New York and has played this role to sold-out audiences in Chicago, Washington, D.C., and on national tour. He received the 2009 Jeff Award for solo performance for his role in Mark's Gospel at the Mercury Theater in Chicago. And his other roles include, these are so amazing, Milo, other roles include Stanley in A Streetcar Named Desire, Peachum in The Three Penny Opera, Snoopy in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, um, among many others, um, Uh, Max McLean has recorded the Bible in three translations, as well as John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, also Martin Luther's Here I Stand, St. Augustine's Conversion, Jonathan Edwards' Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God, and uh, his recordings have been nominated for four Audi Awards. The Screwtape Letters, the provocative and wickedly funny theatrical adaptation of the C.S. Lewis novel about spiritual warfare from a demon's point of view will be presented in a limited engagement at Irvine Barclay Theater uh, right here on the campus of UC Irvine from July 21st through the 24th. The production returns to Southern California after selling out in Los Angeles and San Diego earlier this year. The Orange County engagement is part of the 2011 national tour that kicked off after the Screw Tape Letters hit a nine-month run at the Westside Theater in New York where it played 309 performances. And uh, lastly, I will just say... Here, the Screwtape Letters creates a topsy-turvy, morally inverted universe set in an eerily stylish office in hell where God is called the enemy and the devil is referred to as our father below. The play follows his abysmal sublimity, Screwtape, Satan's top psychiatrist, played by the Academy, not Academy, but the award-winning actor Max McLean and his creature demon secretary Toadpipe as they train an apprentice demon Wormwood on the fine art of seducing an unsuspecting human patient down the quote soft gentle path to hell and their website is www.screwtapeonstage.com and we are very pleased and delighted to invite and welcome Max onto the show today welcome Max are you there Yes, I am. Thank you for that introduction. Oh, you're so welcome. This is so very exciting. I, I have to say that uh, when I read the Screw Tape Letters, it never, it, it just, it never occurred to me that it could be a production. But the idea of bringing this to stage is very exciting. And once well, it, it came to me, I mean, I, I didn't think it up. Uh, uh, Jeff Fisk was a, a theater professor at Drew University in Madison, New Jersey. He saw my one-person show of Genesis, and he sent me an email. I hadn't met him. He sent me an email a couple of weeks later telling me how much he 
he liked it and then suggested that I would make a really good screw tape. <laughs> I didn't know if that was a compliment or not. I, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, uh, but I was intrigued because I read the book in my 20s and uh, it, it has stayed with me. And I thought, well, you know, uh, I listened to his concept. I said, you know, if we can get the rights from the C.S. Lewis estate, We'll have a go of it, and that was in. We began in 2005, and we're still. It still has a huge life ahead of it. Wow! Now, how long did it take you to write the adaptation for the stage? Well, the first draft didn't take that long. Uh, we uh, probably, I would say, six weeks to to write the first draft. But then we've gone through 15, 16 drafts since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the piece we had now um, came out of workshops and some small productions where we could test it before an audience. For and, those, uh, then we decided that this was the one we would uh, build on. Mm-hmm. For those who are listening, um, I read somewhere, and you can let me know if this is correct, that um, in case someone is a big fan of the actual book and it, that it, it's about 98% actually from the book. Is that correct? So it's The it's words are, yeah. The mm-hmm. words uh, the words that we select, 98% of the words that are in our play are from the book. We're, we felt like uh, we really trusted Lewis's language. We just <laughs> felt that he had this marvelous way of articulating the devil's case. Mm. And so we, we stayed with that. Now, of course, to read the book uh, would take six hours. Uh, we don't think uh, folks at uh, Barclay or Vine <laughs> Theater will want to stay that long. Right. So we, uh, our production is 90 minutes. And mm-hmm. so we've selected two important arcs. What happens to the patient? Patient is, is the object. It's a predator-prey story. Uh, the patient, uh, which is an everyman, it's very interesting that Screwtape calls him a patient because when you and I think of a patient, we think of someone in need of healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, in this play, Screw Tape is thinking of someone in need of corruption, mm. um, and so it's a, uh, he's the prey, and Screw Tape is the predator, and so we have two arcs that are in the book. One is what happens to the patient. That's one arc, and uh, who goes from basically indifferent to devout, mm-hmm. and what happens to Screwtape, who goes from being king of the world, so on top of his game, so confident, to falling into uh, just falling apart. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the more theatrical journey. Uh, and uh, so when we stayed with those two journeys, we had ourselves a play. Yeah. Uh, this is Milo, Tani's co-host, Max. Thank you so much Hi. for joining us on What Would Arwen Do here on KUCI FM Irvine. I was looking at the tremendous, very rich article in St. Anthony Messenger, uh, Catholic Catholic Religion magazine. They have an article on you and the production. I'm sure you've seen it, which is just tremendous. How was it that you decided on the costuming? They have wonderful photographs of you here. And what's amazing to me is you folks did not fall into sort of a stereotypical trap, if I may say. Mm-hmm. Screw tape looks like he looks like a, a man about town. He looks like a, a well to do bon vivant. Mm-hmm. How did you how did you choose that look? 
Well, uh, we, 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 we hired some of the best designers in the business uh, for costumes, set, lighting, and sound. And we said, listen, serve the play. And they came up with the designs. Uh, I think the, the key thing is, is that you have to like screw tape. The audience has to have some sort of, uh, he has to have some sort of appeal. And his appeal is that he's very, very good at his job. He loves ruining people's lives. <laughs> and uh, he's, you know, he, he loves the way he looks. He loves the way he talks. He loves the way he dresses. He's the smartest guy in the room. And we're very impressed with anyone that does their job well. So uh, I think the way he dresses is, is part of that makeup. How did you get Michael Bevins, who is very well known for his uh, very notable work in The Killing of John Lennon, a, a film from a couple of years back, how did you get Michael Bevins involved in this to do your uh, well, costumes? Uh, Michael is a New York designer, and uh, uh, when we were looking for designers, he had worked. There was a, an off-Broadway play about Machiavelli that was produced by uh, one of the people that was uh, has been behind our show. And what set that show apart was the costuming. And so we asked Michael, and, and he came to a reading of the script, and he loved it. It says there's so many possibilities, and he signed on. It's amazing. I am, I am so intrigued because um, it's got to be an amazing adaptation because you, it's just you, you have the only speaking role in the play, is that correct? And then there's only one other character. That's true. The, the other character is very much involved, integral part of the success of the play. And she does speak volumes, but she speaks in demonese. So we don't quite understand exactly what she says, but we have a pretty good idea what she says. And of course, uh, of course, uh, it's an actress that plays it, but it's not a it's sort of a gender neutral role. Uh, and uh, 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 she, uh, the uh, she adds a, a, a level of uh, of uh, physical embodiment to the uh, temptation techniques that uh, screw tape is uh, is employing i noticed from your website uh which by the way for our listeners is screwtapeonstage.com screwtapeonstage.com that you've worked with three toad pipes three really fine mimes three yes. fine yes. Uh, m- mime actors actresses karen white and Beckley Andrews and Tamala Beckinson. Uh, yeah. Who will be performing, if you know, who, which of these ladies will be performing? Yeah, it'll at- be Beckley. Beckley will be coming out to, to Irvine. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is so exciting. I, um, I'm i curious, is your audience usually mostly Christians? I mean, do you, or and if they are, do you kind of feel sometimes like you're preaching to the choir? <laughs> well... I mean, Lewis has a following, mm-hmm. and Screwtape is a brand. It has a following. You know, millions of copies are sold. In fact, it's very interesting. I was talking to the publisher, Harper Collins, one of the VPs there, uh, and uh, he said, you know what? Uh, Screwtape is now outselling mere Christianity. Do you have anything to do with that? No <laughs> way. That's an amazing uh, statistic. I, I think that uh, people that have a, uh, you know, Lewis is a, is a defender of the faith, as it were, and and he has tremendous following uh, uh, for for his Christian apologetics, but he also has a much larger following with his Narnia books. Um, but I, I would say that uh, the large part of our audience would be people that are sympathetic to mm-hmm. uh, to 
spirituality in a very deep sense, not in a kind of philosophical sense, but in a religious sense, a mytho- mythological sense. Um, and uh, and we get people from, uh, uh, and I say mythological in the sense of, of the deep recesses of our mind that, you know, that's not material, that uh, is looking for uh, uh, profound answers to life's questions. Uh, and screw tape has a way of, of answering that in a in a topsy turvy way. At least the problem of evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lewis, his own journey was from atheism to paganism to theism to to Christianity, and I think a lot of people respect his writings because he always remembers what he always remembered what it was like not to believe. Mm. Right, right. I uh, this is Milo again. I'm wondering. Max, do you work with local churches, like you're coming to Orange County, California, will you be looking to work with local congregations? This play could be a good opportunity for someone that has a friend that maybe needs to be introduced to the good news. This could be a way to, you know, through the humor and the theatrical nature of this play, to perhaps introduce a person to thinking about things. you know, we our marketing is pretty broad. Uh, you know, we we will be uh, advertising the L.A. Times, Orange County Register. Uh, uh, we certainly send direct mail uh, to the local churches that they know about it, um, and we certainly encourage exactly what you're talking about. But uh, we also, you know, we 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 feel like the piece is is first and foremost. A work of art, mm. and uh, it has to work on that level. By that meaning, it has to entertain. Uh, it has to be provocative. And most of the reviews that uh, that uh, that have reviewed the show from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, uh, New Yorker, uh, AP, etc., uh, they they speak about how, how provocative. Uh, it is, and and I think that theater's really good when done well uh, in uh, making people uh, look at something in a different light. Yeah, and that's what we want to do. It's interesting. Um, I there's a couple of quotes. The New York Times calls the play uh, says the play. The devil has rarely been given his due more perceptively and eruditely, and then the Wall Street Journal calls it wickedly witty one hell of a good show so um and of course being uh playing to sold out audiences 309 <laughs> performances in new york it certainly um must be living up to that element of art and entertainment well we we certainly hope so we worked really hard at it uh to to tell a good story to tell it well you know and we and we just feel like lewis through screw tape, I think screw tape is one of the great literary creations of the 20th century. Uh, and, and in terms of you know how I tried to create the character, um, a little bit of uh, Iago from Shakespeare's Othello, somebody who who brings you into your confidence in order to manipulate you. Uh, I thought of uh, of Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. And Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. uh, because here he had this aesthetic exterior hiding the cannibal inside, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but you could see his viciousness, and it was frightening. Uh, 
uh, a little bit of, of Noel Coward, just that sort of light touch. <laughs> and, uh, and a little bit of Lewis Black, uh, the, the, the comic, because he has this intense vocal commitment, almost to the point of insanity, yes. that, uh, that uh, really is screw tape. And then quite a bit of Max McLean. <laughs> well, C.S. Lewis said that he found it very difficult to write this book. He likened it to producing a sort of spiritual cramp. I'm, I'm curious, is it, is it difficult portraying a demon uh, night after night, and now you've been doing this for several years? Yeah. How, how, how do you do that? As a Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, uh, it's interesting. I'm ashamed to say I love playing Screwtape. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, and you know I get letters. Uh, I, in fact, I had a letter uh, I read today that somebody was really, uh, really praying for me. I do think there's two things. One is I do think the creative act of writing is is different than the interpretive act of of uh, of uh, performing the mm-hmm. role. Uh, you know, he's a, a larger-than-life character, and of course, I know why I'm doing it. I mean, it's Lewis. Uh, Lewis was really warning us not to be ignorant of his devices, and so he and he had a, a very good way. He has a, a marvelous purpose in mind. So I love playing Screw Tape, and uh, and I don't uh, I, I don't feel those cramps. In fact, if anything, you know, if we can talk spiritually just for a moment, yes. uh, if anything. I would say the play has uh, has probably brought me closer to prayer as mm-hmm. a uh, because I, I I feel like I have an understanding of spiritual warfare that I did not have before. Mm. I'm curious, Max. I'm sure, as a man with all of your theatrical experience, you're aware that there have been many plays with three or four hundred performances that have gone on to be movies. What's the movie plans for bringing your great performance to well, the cinema? Uh, mm. the, uh, I don't think that's going to happen soon. Um, I have talked to the producers, and we've had some very good talks. Uh, it's, I think that there's a lot of hands involved right now, and uh, they have... Uh, they haven't all come together yet, certainly not on a script. So I think that that's going to be a, a, a challenge. I also think that what makes the, the book and the play work is that it is so, uh, it, it is so uh, idea-oriented that really works in the theater, mm. particularly if you can show ideas in action, whereas film has to really... Uh, play it out. I mean, there, there are certainly some exceptions. So I think that that the translation from uh, from book to stage is a lot easier than the translation from book to film. Right. In case you're just tuning in, this is What Would Arwen Do? Our guest today is Max McLean, the uh, lead and founder and star of the Screw Tape Letters, which is coming to the Irvine Barclay Theater July 24th, 21st through 24th. Uh, 
2011, right here at, towards the end of this month. Max, this I'm so excited. I Now I can just hardly wait. <laughs> can hardly wait for the show. Um, we should remind our listeners that if you want more about the, the Screwtape stage production, go to ScrewTapeOnStage.com. That's ScrewTapeOnStage.com. If you'd like more about Max and his other work, which is where I first got familiar with you, Max, and mm-hmm. listening to portions of the NIV read by you in a, in a tremendous way, uh, ListenersBible.com will give you all the information you need on, on... He now has three translations, King James, ESV, and the uh, NIV. And it's interesting, uh, as you know... Many critics have commented on the fact that you do a good job of not over, you're not hamming up the Bible when you read it on audio, and yet you are sort of, I think self-admittedly, hamming it up a little as screw tape. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) How did you find that transition? When I record the Bible, I do try to tell the story, I do try to find the narrative arc and, and the emotional intent that's there, but... Try to do it in a way that works for uh, the audio format, which is, of course, one-on-one. Um, whereas in, in theater, you have to fill a large space, and this is, in fact, it's, it's interesting. I think screw tape is almost operatic in size, mm-hmm. uh, that it, it does fill a large room. He's a he's a pretty extraordinary theatrical character. Wouldn't that be interesting, screw tape? the musical or screw tape the opera opera. john adams perfect very interesting music because he hates music (laughs) there's two things he hates he hates silence and he hates music oh my goodness so uh, what other does this take up the the bulk of your time uh these days really um or are you well do you have time to do any of this uh it's been interesting because you know when we were doing the show in new york we were doing eight shows a week so yes the answer was yes but since we've been on tour, uh, the tour has been fun because we do two cities a month uh, mm-hmm. is what we do. We go for, you know, like a Thursday to Sunday like we're doing in Irvine, and we do that twice a month. Um, and so I'm back in New York between that time, and and in that time we're developing new scripts, which I'm enjoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is uh, uh, a we're just working on our second draft of C.S. Lewis's uh, other uh, novel, The Great Divorce. Oh, my gosh. And we, we think we might have something there that we're excited about. Um, and uh, and I'm looking to do, I'd like to do a one-person show down the road on Lewis on his spiritual journey, which I think is fascinating. Yes. Um, and then uh, then we're also working on a, a play on Martin Luther that I think will be very, very interesting because uh, particularly now that the 500th anniversary of the Protestant Reformation is just around the corner, there'll be a lot of interest in Luther. And uh, I don't feel like his story has been really told as well as it could be. Mm. And he's such a Shakespearean character in size. I mean, a, a man of, of, of huge intellect, huge emotion, uh, yes. and and a huge moment in history. Yes, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And um, 30 years ago, as you know, 30 years ago, there was sort of a theatrical on film production with Stacey Keach in that role. I, I saw that, and I saw it recently, and uh, it, it, it really plays on the psychological impact of his, of trying to please his father is one of the main themes, and and uh, I, I felt like there's probably another way of doing it. Right. 
Max, um, unfortunately, we are out oh, of time. Oh, don't tell me I we're know, out of time, Tani. That went fast. We could go on. It's so it's so delightful to speak with you. For We do broadcast here from the University of California at Irvine. And is there anything that you could just share in parting comments, maybe just to inspire um, college students who are considering the arts and not, you know, I always like to um, encourage those that um, are willing to take to take the the high road or the harder road uh, rather than economics and business degrees. Do you have any anything that you might share? Well, it's uh, it, it is a passion, and it, and and you need to you need a passion to go through the heartache of it. Uh, but uh, if if you have a passionate desire for any of the the performing arts, uh, theater, dance, music. Uh, I, I, it's uh, if you can if you can fight through the the hard times, it's a wonderful life. Well, Max, thank you not only for being on the program today with us, but for giving your time and your energy and your talent to bringing this production to this, and and for being in the world as an artist, uh, as an elf. I thank you very much. I my personal belief is that we need we need more artists and musicians out there because they um, help us to stay in touch with our souls and with the aesthetic beautiful things of life so thank you so much for giving of your life and and talent to i agree with that thank you so much you're welcome and again our guest today has been max mclean and the website the screw it's the website is www.screwtapeonstage.com and for his other works you can find out a lot more about max at listenersbible.com Max, thank you. Uh, thank you again so much. I will look forward to hopefully maybe even getting to meet you at the production. Oh, I hope you will. Yeah, come backstage. I'd love to meet you. That'd be great. Thank you. Well, and thank you also um, very graciously uh, for offering uh, two tickets to our listeners, which is our special surprise that we wanted to announce. Two tickets for our listeners to attend this showing of uh, Screwtape on stage. So Thank you also for that. And if someone wants to call, they can call 824-949-824-5824. But, Max, until we see, I'll say to you, Alinsala Lumen Amentielvo, a star will shine on the hour of our meeting. And thank you again so much. Okay. Thank you so much, Milo and Tani. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Have a good evening. Mm, thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, so, so wow, much Wow, was fun. that fabulous. So, I will say, uh, again... Um, we have like a little little window of time here. If anybody is listening, we are. We do have. I thought we have uh, one pair of tickets to give away. Thank you to Max McLean and his production company on ScrewTapeOnStage.com. And uh, it may be late in in the hour, though. It may be. Oh, there's there may oh, be someone the coming. Oh, there's the phone ring, <laughs> right there. So if you're if you're for for someone calling in, we uh, please stay on the line. We will pick it up in just a moment. But uh, that didn't take very long. Until next week. It is. Until next week, we will be back with another episode of What Would Arwen Do with my charming Hobbit co host Milo Lomesdown. At your service. And me. My charming co host <laughs> and really main host, Tani Tanuviel, the elf, the Middle Earth elf here. So, friends, if you want to contact us, please send me an, uh, send us an email at askanelf at yahoo.com. And uh, we'll leave you with a little music from the Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and we'll be back next week. Please stay tuned for some Serena Sharp. 
KUCI in Irvine. <laughs>